looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You drive me wild. <laughs> what up, Crazy Train Radio? You look like hell. And I could look the same. What's the photo for? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Truth, 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 I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Friday fans, we know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Uh, my name is Joy Funk, and for the best in entertainment, listen to Crazy Train Radio. It's a fabulous radio show. You're going to enjoy it. And the subjects are everything in this world. Hey, folks. It's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc. 
Jonathan Steele. And boy, do we have a good one for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Really excited to have this gentleman back on the line, but his career speaks for itself. However, he's got a new book that is officially out in paperback form as of August 22nd. It's called The Last of a Great Breed, True Stories from a Career in Professional Wrestling. He has been inducted into six different wrestling hall of fames and has also trained five WWE Hall of Famers, along with countless of others in terms of getting into the business. And his book is a true look at a long and storied career with real tales from a royal heavyweight champion from the world of professional wrestling. You can also check out his website at story-funk.com. So let's go ahead and welcome the former NWA champion, Dory Funk Jr. Good morning, sir. Thank you. Good morning. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity to be on your show. Uh, I've had a long career in professional wrestling. Uh, incidentally, I did look it up uh, and, and do keep records. 4,000 700 wrestling matches. So it's uh, it's been a long career, but I've absolutely had a ball and enjoyed it. And that's why I wrote the book. Well, that was going to be my first question before we let Dr. Mike jump in here. Is there's so much to cover, but why now in terms of putting a book together? Um, I just. Uh, uh, I just finished the book, but the book started 20 years ago, and I started keeping records and uh, telling stories and kept a record of all the stories. So the book is not just a, a thought and go run out and do something. The book is, uh, has a lot of thought put into it. And it, it represents my life. Dr. Mike, go ahead. You got something? Oh, of course. Dory, you did my old show with and without Evan Ginsberg many, many times. I had you on with Terry. And then another time with Buck Robley, Stan Hansen, Bill Watson. We were doing a Brody tribute. And then another one with Dick Beyer. But I've covered your career since the 60s. I call you wrestling's greatest living legend. And that's no exaggeration. It was an honor and a privilege for any of us who got to cover and watch or photograph ringside as I did your matches with some of your matches, not all of the classics with Jack Briscoe. I mean, everybody, uh, Giant Baba, when you came into Los Angeles with your father, the legendary Dory Funk Sr. And of course, Terry, brother Terry Funk, another NWA champion, the only brother duo to ever win the true world championship but you came into los angeles and uh, dory senior and terry worked in tags this was when we had a territory war briefly in 68 69 with Vern Gagne at the fabulous forum but you defended your title against peter mavia freddie blassie Neil moscaris and those were you know kind of unusual opponents for you uh, you you had as you said over probably well over 4,700 matches. But when I think of you fondly, 
I go back to the Amarillo days, which was so important. I'm going to be talking to uh, some of the family of Lord Al Hayes, but he came in. That was his first U.S. territory straight from England as Judo Al Hayes was the legendary Amarillo territory. I'm hoping some of that's in the book, but can you tell us, for people that may not be aware of what a complete humanitarian legendary wrestler your dad was as you have been you never stopped contributing to the business but tell us a little bit about dory funk senior uh, my father dory funk senior it was uh actually comes from hammond indiana and uh he uh started his career after serving in the military world war ii came back home and uh in, in high school, he was an amateur wrestler, and he was an Indiana State champion amateur wrestler. So going into professional wrestling was kind of a, a natural thing for my father to do. And he did a great job of it, uh, was undefeated, Indiana State uh, amateur wrestling champion. And the natural thing for him to do was turn professional. That's what he did. He built a fabulous career, and I grew up uh, from the age of six or seven years old watching my father uh, wrestling in the ring. Incidentally, at the age of uh, seven years old, my father used to, uh, I used to love to fish, and I wanted to go fishing, and my father, who was superintendent of a place called Boys Ranch, Texas Boys Ranch at, at the time, would send the, the Boys Ranch kids up to the lake to get a hold of me and bring me back down to the gym where we had the amateur wrestling mats and I had to learn amateur wrestling. I started at the age of seven and I'm still involved with wrestling. Oh, on every single level. Uh, before I throw it back to Jonathan, and I had the honor of shooting you, photographing you ringside at Keel Auditorium. Uh, there was one match in particular against Harley Race, I think was a, uh, an hour Broadway draw, and you lost your boot during the match, but you had the guts to just continue wrestling. You know, you couldn't, you didn't have the time to put it back on, and uh, it, it was just very impressive. <laughs> you, you had a number of cool matches, one that I shot. And I don't know, you know, because you faced everybody from Johnny Valentine, Dick the Bruiser. I mean, all of them, all of the West Texas state legends, you know, the Hansons, the Frank Goodish Brodies, all of those boys. But one at Keel that was an unusual, you know, styles make the match. And it was an incredible match with you against Killer Walt Kowalski, Killer Kowalski. Sure. I don't know if you recall that one, but man, anytime you work. I have so legend, much. I have so much respect for Killer Kowalski. He was an entertainer, an athlete, and did a fabulous job. And and one other thing, too, before throwing to Jonathan, is you were, as the book is called, the last of a great breed. By Dory okay. Funk, before I throw to Jonathan, you were a true traveling champion, which must have been exhausting. I mean, multiple trips to Japan when it was still Ricky Doe's Inns. And then later to Baba's, Giant Baba's All Japan. You, you wrestled all over the world, uh, everywhere. Was it exhausting or did you, uh, 
because I've never heard you complain. You are always the most upbeat, positive person, which is an inspiration and why you've been an inspiration to so many. But did it ever get tiring, all of that travel, all of the territories? Because you went in night after night. You must have at times worked in excess of 10 matches a week during your 10 years NWA world champion. Well, during the 10 years, uh, I missed one match. And uh, that's all. So the promoters knew they could depend on me. And I would often show up uh, with, uh, show up at uh, eight o'clock for an eight o'clock wrestling show. So that helped. But the the other thing is the transportation. I had first class air travel to uh, every city that I worked in, and uh, that made uh, the travel part of it uh, not such a rough thing to go through. The hard part was my family life because I had uh, two kids at the time and one more kid came later, but I had uh, three kids and it, I didn't get to see them much. That was the difficult part. Uh, but the pleasure was uh, the, the wrestling matches and uh, uh, the career and the, the wrestling fans. I was treated so good by the wrestling fans and they came out and supported me. The 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 uh, judgment of a world champion is what's your box office appeal. And at the box office, uh, I was just thrilled with everything. Family life, not sure. Jonathan. Well, you mentioned your amateur career and your father's amateur background as well. And I want to bring up to the Funkin Conservatory, which you've been training yeah. folks for many, many years. And one of the names that sticks out, obviously, is Kurt Angle, who had a great amateur career, Olympic gold medalist, the whole bit. So with somebody who had an amateur background, such as yourself and dad and everybody else, and it, you always hear it's a hard transition to go from amateur to professional wrestling just because of the mindset of it. So when did you realize that, okay, Kurt might have something here and he, he gets it, what we do? I absolutely had a fabulous time coaching Kurt Angle. And uh, all of, if you, if you consider my wrestling style, as NWA world champion and Kurt Angle's style as a fabulous amateur wrestler, there are so many things that are the same. And uh, uh, especially since uh, our storyline was always who's going to win the match, you know? And uh, uh, it was it was a fabulous experience to be Kurt Angle's coach, and I'm very, very proud of the job he did as a professional wrestler. Well, obviously, we mentioned about your four-and-a-half-year reign, which for most people, I don't think they realize, it was the second-longest uninterrupted reign behind Luthez, whose reign was right. from 49 to 56. Yeah. But I'm curious to know, because as Dr. Mike mentioned, you traveled all over the world, Japan, the States, 
you name it, where there was a NWA territory. Yes, wherever there was a territory for NWA. What was it like for you trying to work with so many different guys and so many different styles? Obviously, you had your traditional wrestling style. I I learned something every time. (laughs) I I was going to ask. uh, Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask is because the list of names of guys you worked with, would it be Jumbo Saruta, Abdul the Butcher, Sheik, Harley, Giant Baba, you, you name them throughout the course of your career, the Briscoes. You said you learned something every time, but how was that for right. you mentally going into matches that not everybody worked the same style? I, it was a thrill. Uh, each match was a, was a wrestling experience. It was a, I considered each match an opportunity an opportunity to learn uh, different styles of professional wrestling. It was the way I made a, I made a living for my family and myself. And it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been a better way to learn as much as is out there in being a part of professional wrestling. I enjoyed it. Fabulous time. Well, as I mentioned before, you got the Funkin' Conservatory there in Ocala, Florida. And I've been down there in that area uh, before. But when you get new students coming in, what is the most important thing you try to tell them and teach them getting into the business? I think uh, the most important thing you can learn, it's not how much you can take, it's how much you can give. And that includes uh, to the wrestling fans, to your opponent, and to to the promotion. It's what can you give back uh, for their courtesies and uh, for all that they've given to you. Dr. Mike? Uh, Dory Funk Jr. has never ceased to, on a daily basis, give back to the wrestling industry so much. He has the respect globally of every oh, single I, 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 true wrestler. Of course, you were inducted with Terry into WWE's Hall of Fame in 2009, but all of the other ones, you know, the physical halls of fame in Iowa, Tragus says, just talking or looking at the, the list besides Kurt Angle, Edge, Christian, Mark Henry, uh, another Olympic weightlifting uh, medalist, the Hardy brothers, Lita, but uh, one, two in particular stand out to me because uh, I, I think Ricky Doze, well, not Ricky, but Ricky Dozan's group uh, before it sort of split into all Japan and New Japan, December 1972. But Great Kajika, I think even before Jumbo Saruta, Tomimi Tommy Jumbo Saruta, but prior to him, Kojika, I think you guys finessed him in Amarillo and then Saruta came in. Any memories of, of uh, Jumbo and... Uh, Saruta and great Kajika, because particularly Tommy Saruta became such a big star for Shohei Baba, Giant Baba's All Japan Pro Wrestling, that you and Terry were perennially at, you know, like every other carnival tour. And uh, But any thoughts on Kojika and Saruta? Uh, yes, uh, both of them. Uh, if you watch their matches close, you see they're built around. 
how much can they give? And we'll go right back to uh, their opponents, to the wrestling fans, and to the people watching on TV. Uh, they really work hard uh, to make to make themselves popular. But in doing that, they're bringing their opponents along with them uh, right at the same level. And they do a fabulous job of it, both of them. When, when say, uh, Jumbo came in uh, to Amarillo for with all three of you working with him, uh, and it oh, was... Oh, we had a ball. I'm sorry? Uh, we had a ball. Oh, I was going to ask if you remember, like, any... Uh, and it's probably in your book, uh, The Last of a Great Breed by Dory Funk Jr. that's out now, or out uh, yesterday, I think, was uh, or Monday was when it was uh, released. And we'll talk about... Well, the official, official release is a uh, couple of weeks, but... Uh, oh, all right. We've distributed a few... Well, official release is this weekend. Well, we're going to tell and everybody all they can uh, yeah, pre, pre-order it then or order it directly because this is going to be a must-have, particularly with the holidays coming up uh, in just a couple of months. But people are going to get their hands on this. I, I've been asking you, many others, uh, even more important, uh, have been asking you for years and years for a book on your legendary career. But... You had Luthes always put you over big time, and uh, just maybe maybe briefly, any thoughts or ribs or road stories with Luthes? Because I mean, he was just so impressed as everybody was, and uh, I know I've had talks with Carl Gotch about you and Bill Miller and all of your peers and the hooker shooters when they talk about Dory Funk Jr. being their favorite guy to watch, the most talented. It's quite the statement but any any thoughts on some of those guys whether Stu Hart you guys had history in Calgary you and Terry or Thez or Carl Gotch or Billy Robinson those folks well first, first of all is the influence of my father and there was uh, uh, no choice I was going to be an amateur wrestler and uh, what I learned in amateur wrestling carries uh, through to professional wrestling and if you look at all these athletes uh, that you've mentioned, they are athletes, they are great athletes, and they are also, you don't want to mess with them because they really are great wrestlers too. And uh, I think that's one of the things about uh, professional wrestling that makes a big difference. Uh, can you take care of yourself? And uh, that's... Uh, uh, there were all of those people you mentioned, Kurangle, Luthez, uh, they certainly knew how to take care of themselves. Gene Kaniski, uh, Harley Race, The Sheik, and there's a, there's another one, The Butcher, could take care of himself too. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Abby. Yeah, Abby, skinny Abby, Abdul the Butcher. Skinny Abby, I never knew it. Skinny Abby. <laughs> okay. Let me say this. You mentioned Gene Kaniski and two matches, the greatest tags that I've seen. One was at the Chase, Chase TV for Sam Munchnick wrestling at the Chase Hotel, which was on Sundays. But it was the Funk right. Brothers against Gene Kaniski and Jack Briscoe, which was absolutely a mind-blowing match, still talked about to this day. 
And the second to the last Roy Shire, San Francisco Cow Palace Battle Royal in 1980, it was the Funk Brothers and T. John Thibodeau, who I think was a Haystack Calhoun trainee of your you guys, I, I'm guessing out of Amarillo, against yeah. Mr. Frank, you know, Brody, Gene Kaniski, and Ed Wiskowski, easy Ed Wiskowski. But to see you in the ring brought tears to a lot of people's eyes with Gene Kaniski. It was so important for people to see in 1980, you know, X amount of years removed from you defeating Gene Kaniski, big thunder for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, right. Just, and, and there's another guy that, always saying your praises was Gene Kaniski, Big Thunder. He just loved and respected you to death. I've got him listed here in front of me as one of my teachers. Gene Kaniski was fabulous. And uh, good heart, good athlete, uh, great wrestler. He, he was uh, just awesome. Well, before I throw back to Jonathan, uh, maybe tell us a little about the book in terms of chapters. Is it your whole life history? Is this a full autobiography? And hopefully it includes uh, your academy, your dojo, and uh, your thoughts on that. Because a lot of people have not been, you know, unless they want to break into wrestling, trained by the absolute best in Dory Funk Jr. Uh, but is the book laid out chronologically or, or you know, uh, Maybe give us a little insight without giving away anything. Hold on just a second. And while uh, we're waiting, the, the book is called The Last of a Great Breed by Dory Funk Jr. in paperback. It belongs in everybody's library, everybody worldwide. I'm sure uh, Japan is going to purchase as many as they can. Everybody there respects and loves their history, and Dory Funk Jr. is at the top of that. Definitely, for sure, with his uh, work in all Japan for many, many years. I'm sure there has to be tons on Briscoe, Kaniski, all of the, the guys, Terry Funk. Maybe even a little bit on the, when Dory had to go into Detroit at Kobo <laughs> Arena, Kobo to face the Sheik and others like Mark Lewin. Okay, I'm going to uh, read through the chapter titles. And I, I do want to let people know, too, this is an adult uh, book. Uh, it's got uh, adult content, but it's also uh, the story of my life. Okay, uh, chapter titles. Jess's Barbecue Beef Sandwich. Jack mm. Briscoe, Briscoe meets the governor of Texas. Oh. The Deer Hunter. 6-9 EG Golf. Flight of Fear. That's Eddie Graham flying an airplane on an unusual trip. Uh, the bad guy is told by Gary Hart. Here's one. I'm sorry for the title of the chapter. It's Loudmouth Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and then, there's Bloody Mary Red. Uh, High Champ. Officer Burns. Police officer that let me off of a ticket. Uh, Fight from hell, please pass the sugar. Anyway, it goes on and on for 60 chapters. And wow. they are all true experiences, all a part of uh, my life and uh, part of professional wrestling. And uh, it, it did take a long time to 
to have this all gathered in uh, one book and to be able to uh, send it around the country is just terrific. And I'll get I'll get one out to you as soon as I get off the interview. Sounds good. Everybody's uh, going to want this book now. Just hearing that, I mean, a lot of people weren't privy, and, and you were such a guiding light, an ethical person, supreme athlete, all of those things, master champion, and people are going to get you know a a, a view that they never had before into their hero, Dory Funk Jr. Jonathan. Well, I was just going to wrap it here and mention the book is out paperback form as of August 22nd, which was a couple of days ago. The book is titled The Last of a Great Breed, True Stories from a Career in Pro Wrestling. The author who we've been talking to, Dory Funk Jr., absolute legend. Dory, we are going to put links to where people can get this. Thank you so much for the time and thank you for such a wonderful career. But I also want to mention that I know you don't do this for publicity, but thank you for always being kind to the community. I know you do a lot of shows for animals down there in central Florida and homeless and just so many different people and organizations. So thank you for trying to get back to the community as well. Thank you. And uh, we'll get the book out to you today. Uh, And for any wrestling fans out there, if you'd like a copy of the book, you can get it by calling this telephone number, 352-895-4658. And uh, someone will be there to take care of you and get a book sent out to you right away. Well, Dory Funk Jr., thank you so much for the time. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Domenicato gozaimashite, Dory and Marty. Marty, thank you so much, too. And uh, forgot to mention that you guys are such animal lovers, too. So everybody, go out, get the book, The Last of a Great Breed by Dory Funk Jr. is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansopery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansopery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you.
Hey, wrestling fans, this is Dan Murphy, formerly of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, along with Brian Young, and we co-authored The, the Wrestler's book. Wrestler. The Wrestler's Wrestlers, the masters of the craft of professional wrestling, and you're listening to Crazy, Crazy Train, Train Radio. Radio. 